Hello, everybody. Welcome to Where Work Meets Life. I'm Dr. Laura, and I'm delighted to be here for the second episode with Jennifer Buchanan on the power of music for work-life wellness. Jennifer Buchanan is a prolific music therapist, speaker, author, and business leader. She founded JB Music Therapy 30 years ago. She has three books that are amazing uh, in the area of music therapy. And in the last episode, we talked about her latest one on wellness well-played, about using your playlist with purpose. Um, And today we're going to dive a bit more into the topic of wellness and music's role in impacting our mood, our memory, our productivity, and, and other elements of ourselves. So welcome back, Jennifer. Thank you for having me back. It's my pleasure. Now, I want to know, because you've worked in all kinds of settings, medical, educational, um, etc. I want to know how you've seen music improve people physically, first of all. Mm, that's a that's great because it is really holistic and it can and tap into so many um, different areas of our life. I would think probably the best example I can give is um, one of the areas that we work is in neuro rehab. And so this is where someone has sustained um, some form of brain injury or stroke. And one of the things that um, may be a challenge afterwards, it could be, you know, fine uh motor movement, it could be gross motor movement, it could be walking, maybe your gait, maybe you've got a little bit of a limp. And what we are finding is when you add in elements of music, so that could be the the pacing, like the metronome, the timing of how it goes to the actual genre, that preferred music style that someone loves, that we have seen somebody go from having a hard time finding that gate, that that consistent gate, to being able to almost dance and become rhythmical in their movements. So we see that very often in the in the clinical setting. And what tends to happen after that is when that person feels that motion again in a way that is the most familiar and desired for them, that their moods their mood changes and is uplifted, which gives them that um motivation to keep trying and doing it for a longer period of time and anyone here who's recovered from anything you know that it's often you know doing all your exercises for a longer period of time is really key to healing but it's also one of the things that is the hardest to do <laughs> No kidding. And I think we can all relate to music getting us going in the gym, getting us going if we're going for a jog, um, etc. But to heal, to heal after, you know, injury or brain injury or stroke, I mean, that is just so powerful um, to, to hear about. Now, what about mentally? So we, we've talked a lot these days about mental health challenges uh, during and post-COVID. It's been especially tough for a lot of people. How have you seen music help people with their mental wellness and resiliency, uh, Jennifer? So music has this incredible capacity to act like a drug, 
on our system. And, and, um, you hear, you know, the around the hormones and neurotransmitters that affect us. So you hear about uh, the words dopamine, for example, in that feel good oxytocin, which is um, that social bonding hormone that can be released in our system and serotonin, which is the one you don't want to get too low because you start feeling low. And there's this nice window of where serotonin needs to reside. And what we have found through the research and evidence is that music has this incredible capacity to be able to change those hormone levels in our system, especially when we use it regularly. So an exercise that I like to give people is to think about a typical workday and think about um, the mood shifts that you have during a typical work day. Now, I'm a morning person. I'm the most productive in my morning. That's my best self. I'm really, really high. I'm optimistic. The day is good. I'm ready to go. I've got about four good hours in that. Um, and then I start to come down in my afternoon. This is just me. I know there's people out there right now that it's the morning. They're trying to to work at. But don't worry, this premise will work for all of us. So mine come down during the day. And when I am my lowest in the entire workday is when I've left work and someone says, what's for supper? That is my lowest time of day. So I am getting a demand at my lowest time of day. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that. And I was trying to figure out, because this was my big dilemma, if I could get music to help me at that time of day, then I was really proven what I'm talking about. And everyone that I would talk to, oh, you're missing energy. You need energy at that time of day. And you know what I, I learned, Laura, was it wasn't energy that I needed. I already had my energy. I was really productive and I got a lot of things done. I had this different feeling that I was looking for. And the, and the closest I've been able to identify is I needed that feeling of nurturing around that time of day or love or a hug. Like it's, it's that's what I needed at that time. And so just like in the last episode, we were talking about playlists. I wanted to put a mini playlist together of two or three songs that every time I heard them, they felt like a big hug. And so I, I'd encourage people to think about whatever your low time is in the day. Maybe it's right before bed. Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's mid-morning. And yes, make sure you get some nutrition in and have a snack too. But but think about the two or three songs that can give you the feeling you you need in order to be in the mindset of where you want to be. And uh, and and I look forward to hearing what people's comments are on that. <laughs> I love that idea. And I can completely relate as the day goes on. My energy drains and my thoughts can become a little more, I don't know, pessimistic, I guess. From optimism to pessimism, the more tired I go. Um, and I really love that idea of using music to fire your brain in a more positive way and to fire your energy back up. 
Yeah. And, and so when you get to that, that low point, what, what do you feel, what feeling do you feel you need? Do you have a sense of that, of what your what would help in that moment? Well, I think probably a, a fat, depending on how, if I'm tired, but a, a slightly faster uh, beat. And I find the combination of music and walking is very, very powerful. So if you can get out in nature with the music, going on and a, and a brisk walk. I think that's the best of, of three different worlds for me personally. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I don't do that enough, but I have to do that more now that I say it out loud here. That's it. Now we're accountable. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of arguing with my three children about who's going to walk the dog and getting into that debate, I should just do it myself more often. <laughs> And if the dog gets two walks, who cares? Who cares? The dog loves it. Yeah, he does. He loves it. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. Now, we talked about music's impacts on physical, mental, to some extent, our emotions, which are our mood. What about spiritually? Like, How do you see music impacting people's uh, spiritual development in, in that arena, which can mean different things to different people and i just curious what that means to you and music's role in it. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we certainly see how music brings communities together spiritually. It is, is a, it is, it almost creates a culture, a little, um, a small culture and, and those connections within that culture. But you know, when you were asking that question right now, where I immediately went to, um, because when I personally feel um, my spirit wane, that spiritual part of me wane, um, it seems to be combined with a little bit of sadness for me. And I was asked a really interesting question um, lately, which is, is listening to sad music bad? Which is such a great question. And, um, and it's not. The reason why we listen to sad music when we're sad is because music meets us where we're at. It validates our feelings. Um, someone else has authored that music and now all of a sudden it is matching how we feel. And that is perhaps when I feel music taps into my soul and my spirit the most is when it validates at that level. And although it might be sad music, because we're calling it that for whatever reason, and because I'm feeling sad, I, that sense of validation gives that little bit of relief at the end um, that I need. And again, like we talked about in the first episode of of how music has this capacity to help us take the next step and you know albeit it might even be a small step wonderfully put uh this is just so great now i want to hear about an example of that makes you really proud or honored by having helped someone through the power of music. I know there's probably hundreds of examples that JB Music Therapy and your team of therapists have have um, achieved and impacted people with, but does any one or two come to mind? Yeah. 
Um, thank you for that question. So we, we've been hearing how these last couple of years have been so tough in healthcare and that's where we work. And we were not able to go in live to some of the, um, some of the locations that needed us the most. Um, so one of the areas we weren't able to go visit was long-term care. And I'm so proud that we were able to adapt within 24 hours um, to virtual and that we were still able to go in and visit um, individuals virtually. Um, I was also blown away and surprised, to be honest. We worked in person in ICU during all of COVID. And we worked at the bedside of people that were on ventilators, who were in comas, who um, we were able to watch all of their diagnostics on the monitors and help keep them in a calm, relaxed state using music that they love as their families told us what it was. That was pretty, pretty powerful. And my team was um, so thoughtful and, and integrated with the other frontline workers. The feedback that we have gotten over these last two years was how they didn't see us just supporting the clients that we were serving, but we were able to uplift those that were working front lines and feeling burned out and exhausted. And just having music there in those moments and the music therapist there um, really helped them uh, get through some of their darkest and hardest days. So I I think my my proudest moments are definitely the most recent ones of, and it was all based on our team um, doing remarkable work out there. That's excellent to hear. And I'm so glad, Jennifer, that that was enabled and allowed in the ICU because with all the restrictions and, and whatnot, I remember one of my um, close friends lost her mother and they, they only had one person allowed in at a time and all this stuff. And, you know, so to hear that they allowed the, the music therapy as a form of health care at the bedside is very, very good to hear. Yeah, it was very good. And it based on our years of relationship, right? It wouldn't have been something we could have just gone in and done, but the years of relationships and and showing what what was possible gave us that opportunity and yeah, it was hard and wonderful. Hard and wonderful at the same time. Sounds like life, right? <laughs> Um, what's up in your own greatest challenge when it comes to your own work-life balance or wellness? Because we like to talk about work-life wellness on this podcast, and I ask every guest that. So what, what has been your challenge having so much on your plate, Jennifer? Um, my greatest challenge is how much I love working. Like, I love work. I love it. Like, to the point where I have to be careful because I've got, I've got like relationships <laughs> that I also need to care for in my life. And, um, 
And so ensuring that I, I put, I, I make the necessary time for, to nurture those relationships because it's very easy for me to get so deep into my work and all the projects that I'm doing. Um, and, and, you know, I, even though I know I'm probably never going to retire, I'm sure you might be able to relate to that. Like, I just don't even have that word in my vocabulary because I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, but I also know that my relationships, they're what, um, um, they are so incredibly important and, and always putting in carving out the right amount of time, the right amount of meaningfulness, the intention there, putting it there and not just in my work. That is definitely my greatest challenge. And how have you worked on overcoming that challenge? Have you put anything into place or had any tips that helped you? Any people that have helped you become better at that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, is so, so both my kids have moved away from home. Um, they live in a different province and, um, and I, I've always worked while they were growing up and now that they've left and I did go through that little moment. Oh, now I've, I've missed it. I've missed my time with, the, with them. And this is when I'm incredibly grateful for technology. So um, whether they like it or not, they get a text almost every day. <laughs> I don't know if they love it or not. Um, definitely those FaceTime moments where we can do a video chat, you know, those are happening. And keeping connections and booking our visits. Um, so every time we do a visit, we book the next in-person visit. So that's been really critical with the kids. Uh, both my husband and I are now living um, at home or living at home. We've always lived at home, working at home. And so we've got three floors in our house. So he has occupied the top floor. I'm the bottom floor and we meet for lunch. So that's been a time where we didn't used to meet at that time, but we're actually like cooking and eating together. So that's kind of cool. I think that's awesome. And I think that's, you know, for as many challenges as COVID you know, cost us, it's, it's added the ability to work remotely. And I find that it just opens up more time to do things like that and to go for a walk and to work out. And it just saving that commute is so big. It has been. Yeah. It's, it's tough now that things are starting to get a little busier again. So maybe we'll have to have another conversation in a year from now. Yes, absolutely. Now, what's one book and one podcast that you'd recommend for people wanting to understand more about music and its impact on well-being? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm actually, although the podcast is not um, about necessarily well-being, um, the concept that digging into music can help us feel more well and it can put 
it put us in that creative state. I, I love how it puts us into a historical state. But is Alan Cross's um, uh, a musical? Oh, I, I have to look up the exact name, but it's Alan Cross's podcast um, out of Toronto. Highly recommend it. He will take you through every journey around your music history. Again, um, I hate to. Uh, uh, to say this is mostly for the Gen Xers, but it kind of is. I just feel the boomers and millennials get so much and we're just half the population. So I like to promote Gen Xers as much as possible and what's uh, what's out there for us. And in regards to a book, um, I've got, I mean, I've got several on my shelf right now. I do believe people would enjoy Daniel Levitin's um, This Is Your Brain on Music. I think you would legitimately enjoy that. Um, I mean, I always love to recommend my power of a playlist because I do feel it's accessible. It's going to, even if you don't feel like a musician, um, you are. And it will remind you just how much. Yes. And that's the one I am going to recommend myself. Read ASAP. Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist that recently came out there and is available on all the online book retailers. And in the show notes, we'll include that podcast you recommended for sure, Jennifer. And we'll share that that widely. So and Daniel Levitin's book, we will uh, link people to. Uh, so thank you for that. And this is another question I ask all the guests. If you didn't need to sleep and you could use that time for whatever else you wanted, what would you do? Um, sing. I would sing. And I'm not doing that enough right now. I'd sing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's wonderful. I want to play piano more. We got a, a piano that is new and is beautiful. And it's in honor of my parents who are both passed away now. And I want to play that dang piano. I've played it once. I played that thing once. <laughs> so here we go. So I think, okay, you do that. I'll come over. You play. I'll sing. We'll figure this out. This sounds great. I used to teach piano. I can get it together. My son plays at a beautiful, beautiful level. Um, and he fills the house with music. Uh, sometimes during conference calls and stuff, which is not ideal, because this grand piano fills up the house. But I played Fiora Lisa on it once. Like, that's it. And I got this thing a few months ago. So, yeah, you're going to come and sing, and I'll play, and that'll be that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> If you could have one wish for a better world, uh, what would it be when it comes to music? Hmm. Um, if you were just going to ask about people, I was going to say um, what I want for people is to recognize their strengths. Um, I, as we've been talking about, um, I work with a lot of people that are in some of their most vulnerable states at a, at a crisis time when I'm working with them. And my biggest goal for them is to recognize that they still have strengths and at and their core humanness of who they are, which is strong. And linking music to that is that I do believe um, highly that music is able to tap into those strengths of who we are 
as a human being. And so no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what minor stress, major anxiety, um, troubles with the relationships, using music that can address your strengths and your values, um, curating that playlist to be based around your values, those can uh, be pretty powerful and helpful moments. Wonderful. Well, well put. I am just so honored to be able to share this conversation with you, Jennifer Buchanan. And thank you for all that you've done for so many people through the pandemic, before the pandemic, for the last 30 plus years. And I am really excited to get this out to as many people as possible. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Dr. Laura. This was fun. And if you like the episode or you know others in your lives who could benefit, friends, family, coworkers, please share this episode, review it, rate it, uh, follow me on social media, and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter where I share tips and tricks and, and lots of tools to help people with their work, life, wellness, and, and well-being. So thank you very much, and I hope that everybody stays well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you enjoyed this content, please rate and review the podcast as that helps me get it out to more people. Visit my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. Please engage with us on social media and check out the podcast summary for links to my psychology practices Canada Career Counseling, Calgary Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology. Stay well.